Thank you for listening to the Divine Nobodies Podcast with Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. If you enjoy this episode, please like and subscribe so you never miss a show. If you're on Instagram, please follow us at Divine Nobodies Podcast and join our ever-growing community of lightworkers and spiritual visionaries. Together, we can raise the frequency of our planet and bring in a new era of awakening and understanding. Welcome to our tribe. And now your hosts, Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. You know, I was thinking the other day, Jen. What were you thinking? Because we did the last episode on the octopus teacher thing. Yeah. Right. And I got really, really thinking about just a lot of the stuff that we were talking about, which was a great conversation. Yeah. And I started thinking about like w- the conversation we had about octopus, like during that part of the movie where it died after it mated. Yeah. It's like, man, you think that we have it hard. Imagine what it'd be <laughs> like if, we, if that happened to us. You yeah. Know? So imagine like going out on a Saturday night. And uh, just bringing some random woman home or some random guy. I guess you wouldn't do a random then. You'd be a lot more selective. You're like, oh. You'd have sex with them and die. Yeah. I mean, that would really suck if it wasn't any good. You're like, oh, man, I died for that. I know. Maybe there's a reason for that. I mean, if if that were the case, we'd pay a little bit more attention of who we, you know, have that experience with. That's true. But it's just such a crazy thing. It's just sort of like a (laughs) random thing. It's like almost like nature giving you the middle finger and being like, fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, but that's That's interesting. Welcome, everybody. Divine Nobody's podcast. Uh, We're back here. We've got a lot of things to cover, mainly about the dream realm, because we've been really active, me and Jen, over the last uh, couple weeks or so. And dreams have been a pretty pivotal kind of part of our our lives and our journey so far. Totally. And uh, I wanted to actually open it up by sharing actually the story. And and Jen, it's interesting because we both have our our dreams that Mm -hmm. we wanted to share on the podcast, which I thought was really, really important because... I normally have, we're, but we're both very active in the dream realm. Yeah, I right? have a dream every night, pretty much. Yeah, every night. And I think that maybe the deeper that you go into your you know, psychic mediumship, maybe those things are becoming a bit more vivid mm-hmm. on top of what you already go through. But I've always been very, very active, but I tend to sort of uh, collect a lot of wisdom and a lot of sort of premonition type of things from these dreams. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I had this really vivid dream. Of course, aliens were a huge part of that because for whatever reason, could be what's going on in the world right now. Um, Source is sort of pumping that through my consciousness. So I had this really vivid dream and I woke up. And what I did differently this time is I hopped on my phone, my notepad, and I just channeled. It must have been 3 a.m. in the morning. I still had one eye open and one eye closed. And I just felt compelled to write. Mm -hmm. And so I was on my phone and I was just letting it flow. Like I was letting it flow and wasn't really too concerned with uh, it. Grammar, punctuation, making sense, just trying to get it out. Exactly, exactly. But once I, and then I did that and I realized it was 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning. And I was like, okay, I got to go back to sleep. Otherwise I'm going to be a zombie Mm -hmm. today. So I wrote it and then went back to sleep. And I remember waking up and telling you about it. It just being like a really vivid dream. And then as the the day went on, I actually forgot about it. So Mm -hmm. I'm grateful that I wrote it down because that's what happens in dreams, right? Yeah. So the fact that I was able to recollect it and I wanted to kind of read it off in so many words, but you had a dream too, right? Was it kind of the same thing? I did. Yeah. Um, You know what I can remember of it, but I wish I would have written it down, right? And normally I do write my dreams down, but um, you know, everything is just a crazy mess in Mm -hmm. our room right now. So um, my, actually my dream book um, was put away, so I didn't have it handy. So I didn't write it down. And because of that, I only remember bits and pieces of it, but um, it's short, so I'll just share it real quick. Um, it, I was on a spaceship, on a, a different spaceship, and um, there, there were windows. And um, one of the crew members that was on the spaceship, they were like kind of alien, kind of human, but more human looking. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, I, I was looking out and I was like, oh my God, I see, I see a spaceship. And they were like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, I see three. So there was a larger one and then two smaller ones. And um, and they were like, well, if you're lucky, maybe they'll try to communicate with you. Mm. Um, ask them a question. And I, and I said, okay. you know. So um, I telepathically sent them a message, and then they started communicating with me telepathically. Huh. I didn't get to see them. Um, I just saw their spaceship, but it was... Uh, this is the only part that I can remember is the message that, um, that I was given was, um, uh, to not, to not be afraid that, uh, I love you and I'm just here to help you. 
So um, that's the only part of the dream that I remember. But the spaceship was kind of like a little Star Wars-y, you know, yeah. but it was kind of triangular shaped. Yeah. And the top top looked like a giant piece of bismuth. Bismuth. But, yeah. Bismuth alien as fuck too. Yeah. You said you said the bismuth was on top of the spaceship. Yeah, like the whole top part, but it wasn't colored like bismuth. It was colored like a dark color, but it had the same type of shape. Oh, it's you like, know how it's like, like cast those. Yeah, it almost reminds me of like Squares. Doc Brown's DeLorean, where they like use yeah. trash in order to power the spaceship. Yeah, <laughs> maybe like they used bismuth in order to somehow extract maybe. energy from it. Yeah, maybe I don't know. And pretty it's cool. pretty common to see like those uh, triangular type of uh, spaceships too. Mm-hmm. So it seems like something that may actually happen. Maybe like, and based off of the message that I guess was shared, I know it was very practical, but very, very powerful coming from our alien friends. Yeah. Could have just been the Pleiadians being like, hey, you have opened the neural pathway through your mediumship. Yeah. And now we can communicate back and forth. Yeah. You know, so just like they say, in order to sort of strengthen that muscle of uh, dream recollection, the best thing that we can do is start writing them down. For sure. And that's the one thing that I uh, has really, really worked for me is uh, writing them down. I know it's not like an arduous thing because the last thing that you're thinking about after you have a dream like that at 3, 4 a.m. in the morning is to write it down. Mm-hmm. But even if it's just a little bit, even if it's just a few sentences, just, just like you, somehow the brain remembers it. And mm-hmm. it strengthens, I imagine, the pineal gland, which is responsible for you know your interaction with these realms. And you can create more vivid dreams. You can create more astral projections. And mm-hmm. the more you strengthen that, you find yourself in full-blown experiences of vivid dreams, lucid dreams, remote viewing, astral yeah, projection. Absolutely. And I actually, my, my dream book, I went back um, from several months ago, like six or eight months ago, and was reading some of those dreams. And I was like, I don't even remember having these dreams. It's a good thing I wrote this down. Because yeah. <laughs> I have a dream every night. I mean, there's, and some of, some of them make sense, some of them don't, but, yeah. you know, it's hopefully like, eventually I'll see a pattern. Yeah. People have always told me, especially partners, that I'm very active in my sleep, which is like I move around a lot. Mm-hmm. And some have even told me, they're like, yeah, it sounds like you're like having an entirely different life in your dreams. Yeah. I mean, you are. Yeah. And I right? start thinking to myself like, hey, maybe when we're maybe when we're asleep, we're actually living. I look, I think about this more when it comes to cats, right? Yeah. Because cats spend a lot of their time sleeping, right? Yeah. And, and don't really do a whole lot of else. So, so I'm wondering if maybe cats have their real life while they're sleeping <laughs> and while they're here with me, they're actually they're dreaming. dreaming. Oh, yeah. that's a, that's an interesting theory. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that could very well happen with us too. Yeah. Um, but I'm awake for, for the most part, but maybe my version of awake in this realm is actually more of a dream realm, a dream world in the other. Cause yeah. you know, you've had mystical experiences or some people on plant medicine, they always say that same thing, which is that reality felt way more real, real. Mm-hmm. way more tangible, way more vivid. Yeah. Especially in like an astral projections or lucid dreams. So that type of vivid always seems like it kind of accelerates higher than our 3D sort of perspective. So mm-hmm. you never know. We could actually be dreaming right now. Yeah, we could be. I mean, and dreams, it's interesting about dreams. Dreams could be a past life memory. Dreams can be a message from um, an angel or spirit guide or even from a loved one that has passed on. Um, there's... The, the dream realm was so cool because it can be so many things. Right. You know? It can be so many things and there are no limits. Yeah. There are no limits to what you experience. So my dream was uh, in the same vein as uh, kind of yours with the aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was uh, a bit more vivid. And so I'm just going to read this off as quickly as I can because there's some information here and we can talk about it. Yeah. But um, I'll go ahead and start. All right. She had some like uh, Star Trek, Star Wars music yeah. to play while I'm reading it off. I represented the 11th congressional district of the astral realm of heaven, Earth, right? So in my dream, Earth actually was a part of heaven. And if mm-hmm. you actually look at um, a lot of esoteric teachings, the way that they consider heaven is space. Okay. And because space is consists of space, Earth exists on that realm. So Earth is a form of heaven, just a different sort of uh, variation of heaven. Okay. So on the vibratory scale, Earth may be a little lower than the higher realms, but Earth still exists in heaven. So I represented the 11th congressional district of the astral realm of heaven, Earth. I feel like I should do this in like a chat, like a, um, uh, a Bashar type of way. Okay. Which had been overrun by a certain alien race on Earth. The issue is that many angels were going to call angels aliens. Mm-hmm. In my dream, they were the same. Okay. 
The issue is that many angels, aliens, who were sent here are being absorbed by this race and falling victim to their self-centered ways. Earth was meant to be a training ground and a pass-through plane, but certain races made permanent homes here where they shouldn't have, causing this influx of reincarnates to continue occupying this space when the goal should be to move forward into the higher realms. These races are influencing humans to become dependent on the luxuries of this realm by limiting their evolution and causing them to perpetually return here. This is the goal of Buddha and Jesus, etc., was to try and push us forward by giving us tools to remove the programming so we can escape this realm and return home. The left and right are mainly the lizard races, and the left are various races also too of Pleiadians, Arcturians, Lyrans, but both sides are falling into the polarities and contrasts of karma here on Earth. All alien races know that to transcend is a spiritual endeavor and not a physical overcoming. There have, they have both gotten lost in trying to overcome shadow using earthly tactics and not spiritual ones. Our ancestor races gave up incarnating in the earthly realms due to the harsh pull of gravity and karma here on this planet. Earth was once discovered and quickly forgotten. The races left are the ones struggling to get back because of that pull. The lizard races, or the reptilians, have no intention of returning. The other races are the ones struggling to return. Many lizard people are occupying bodies as regular people and as politicians. The other races are mixtures of people and politicians, though they're struggling to return as well. Many alien races that have been sent here from the heavens are getting stuck in the drama of this planet and forgetting what they came here to do. I saw many aliens in this realm on drugs, with families, working mediocre jobs, and living as the lizard people would have them working. Over the course of many years, a lot of them have forgotten where they came from and why they came here. It's so easy to forget on Earth. Once you're born, they place you into this, these programs and schools to help you forget. This is intentional. Humans are born with full knowledge of their past lives and gifts and begin recollecting them around six or seven years old. Alien races forget through the programming of school. School teaches us to identify with the mind and teaches us to follow fear as the guidepost, pushing each person forward. Fear is a primitive mind quality and keeps you latched onto earth and asleep to what is true. Uh, my, my last toxic relationship was one of the final tests, and since I overcame that recently, spirit has been waking up and the aliens are trying to reach you. Only you're allowing the fear and the panic of our energetic of our energy to overcome your body. Your mother and sister are from the Pleiades star system, as the Pleiadians exist within the constellation of Taurus. They're both mm -hmm. Tauruses. Your father, your brother, and you are from Arcturus. An example of this contrast is your brother and father are hyper-intelligent and artists. Your sister and mother do not have these qualities, though they have a love and wisdom specific to Pleiadians. They're nurturing, compassionate, and loving. Palladians teach through direct association with love, and Arcturians teach by developing systems of teaching love through various means, art, theater, music, etc. Your sister's husband is also a Pleiadian, he's, as he is born within the Taurus constellation. He's also a Taurus. Teacher Krishnamurti, who's one of my favorite teachers, is also a Pleiadian, and this may be clearly understood through his workings as Alcyon in his youth with Theosophy Society. Alcyon is the brightest star in the Pleiades, and he wrote the book, at the feet of the master, and instead of using his name Krishnamurti, he actually used the name Alcyon. Mm. So that was my dream. Wow. Yeah, and I channeled that like directly after I woke up. So you were having a conversation with an alien, or an alien was just imparting this knowledge on you? I mean, I think what, what it happened was, in the dream? I think what it was, Jen, is I, well, in my dream, first of all, from what I can remember, what I, what I gathered from this dream was a channeling of my communication with an alien. Mm -hmm. After, uh, I, I think the last conversation that we had on our podcast about your mediumship, mm -hmm. as you were talking about how spirit comes through. Yeah. And uh, when I was talking over my, uh, my channeling of my panic attack, you, we mentioned that it kind of seemed manic. Mm -hmm. And the way that information comes through your consciousness, it just sort of becomes a stream of thought. Right. So there was something that was compelling me to write this to down. To write it. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't too concerned with exactly who it was, but it was almost like this, as I started writing, that something else was moving through me. So, okay. Okay. So when you woke up, you didn't actually have a, a dream. This was more like you were awake and you were channeling. I did have a dream. I The dream that I had was I was being... The dream that I had was I was being chased by 
these politicians okay. that were, in my mind, uh, they had these sort of uh, shifting faces where, uh-huh. in my mind, because it was very abstract, these were guys in the government, probably somebody that we'd find at the, the House or the Senate, uh-huh. and they were chasing after me. Okay. And I remember looking at their faces and they had faces of familiar people that I knew that actually work in the House and the Senate. Uh-huh. You know, Senator Cruz's, the Hollies, like the, yeah. the Ron Johnson's, like right. these people yeah. were there. Okay. And I kept looking at their faces and it kept shifting into these sort of weird uh, anthropomorphic alien figures. Okay. And I didn't feel safe with them. And they knew that I knew who they were. Who they were. So yeah. they were trying to sort of silence me. Okay. So this whole goal was trying to escape the clutches of these people. So uh-huh. when I woke up, although it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it didn't exactly communicate to whatever it is that came out of this channeling, it inspired me to pick up my phone and actually begin channeling. Begin. And that's yeah. when I felt like that there was something else through me that wanted me to convey this message to me. I mean, that's kind of like what Barbara Marciniak said happened whenever she was writing Bringers of the Dawn, right? Is yeah. She talks about that in the beginning of the book, how, you know all of this information was just like channeled to her in that way. Mm-hmm. So very yeah. similar. Yeah. And you know, the, when you read Barbara Siniak's Bring of the Dawn or um, Earth, the, the Living Library, she also has a book um, that's called that. They talk about a lot of starseed uh, individuals that are being born on this planet right now mm-hmm. um, that have direct connections with these alien races, like the Lyrans, the Nocturians, the Pleiadians. I mean, this is Mm-hmm. Not new for our podcast because we talk about it a lot. Right. But I notice a lot of people, if you go on, you know, platforms like Instagram or, or, or YouTube or even just the information that seems to come off, come, come for us, there seems mm-hmm. to be this sort of accelerated um, constant reach of alien information yeah. that is coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't really make the intention to just consistently talk about aliens, but there's just something in the air right now when yeah. you listen to people like Joe Rogan or um, Elon Musk and you see you know the government declassifying UFO information and stuff like that it just seems to be something that's happening absolutely Seriously. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this back to an even older episode of ours um, yeah whenever we had um, Sophia Araya on and she was reading your Akashic records I don't know if you remember her saying this but she said when um, when we were in the spaceship that um, you have the blueprint so um, you just need to ask for it, and they'll start to give you the blueprint. So maybe next time you start having this channeling session, you need to ask for the blueprint. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I would get information like that through things like meditation in my waking state, but mm-hmm. never before has it come so vividly mm-hmm. from a dream. Yeah, and you know cool. what they say: around three or four a.m. is when the spirits are most active. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and uh, that's true. That could very well mean that those in. in on top of that, there have been a series of sort of, I wouldn't say spiritual things that have been happening in my home mm-hmm. recently that sort of contributed to that. Yeah. So maybe that, you know, that sort of spiritual activity that's happening in my home is you know, some alien race trying to get in contact with me. Maybe. You know? Maybe. And the one thing that I did realize is that after I had my last relationship, which you were privy on, because mm-hmm. you knew how difficult it was for me to get over. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm at this place now where I understood what the lesson was behind that. And what it is that I needed to transcend from that. Mm-hmm. And now that I've sort of come to terms with uh, the lessons there, I feel like I'm so much more open to exploring other things. And so that's kind of what I mentioned in the, the message, which is like, okay, maybe you're ready for more now. Mm-hmm. You know, And because we have this platform and we're sharing this information, it seems like the most appropriate, appropriate thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to share that on the podcast. It was that's really awesome. interesting. So, you know, pay attention because those aliens are out there. Those... Uh, you know, reptilians. You know, and that makes very good sense, right? You know, mm-hmm. just knowing how corrupt <laughs> everyone yeah. is on both sides. And it doesn't matter, you know, what area of politics you're in. There's so much corruption. It's, right. It's scary. Yeah. and, and There isn't a good side. Yeah, they're all bad. <laughs> they're, they're all bad. And, and to put it in the most practical way, how, would, how I would differentiate you know, maybe a Pleiadian or an Arcturian from, let's just say a reptilian, Mm -hmm. is how they think, Yeah. right? It's more of like a left brain, right brain type of thing. Mm -hmm. There are people that are more creative, more compassionate, and there are people that somehow weren't born with that ability to care, Mm -hmm. you know? And those people are driven more, uh, I would imagine reptilians are driven more by monetary things, materialistic things, like they, they somehow lack that that compassion for life 
and it becomes this almost like self-centered sort of endeavor for them. Mm-hmm. And you'd find more maybe narcissistic people. I was just about to say that. Yeah, and you would that look maybe at- Maybe those are just reptilians that- have incarnated here yeah like if you ever turned to like one of your uh, maybe like an, an ex that was on his way out and you looked at him and you're just like how are you even human yeah how do you even exist mm-hmm. like there are some people that like you can't understand and, and you know people that like narcissists are a perfect example of that like you can't wrap your brain around the fact that someone doesn't give a shit in this type of way yeah like they don't get it. They don't even get it. Yeah, like, like they don't even realize it's it. It's not that they're doing it to to be malicious. They just are not capable of having that type of emotion. Yeah, like maybe on their planet, like that. That's normal. It, it, it's normal. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe when they came here, uh, they came with a, with that same sort of logic. And it's kind of weird to us and in the grand scheme of how the universe works. If they were on their own planet doing that, maybe it wouldn't be seen as bad. Mm-hmm. But when you're contrasting that with all of the different dynamics of aliens that exist um that oppression is very noticeable and very clear absolutely but you're absolutely right on both sides you can see it yeah and uh that leads me to and i, I don't have i'm not like a person that believes in a, a full-blown aldous huxley type of utopian society because that doesn't work either yeah brave new world was a perfect example of that it's just about being uh, like mindful and compassionate right and i believe that we could be a lot better off without be, being so conflicted and, and so confined within the clutches of the government that we have. Absolutely. You know, because the fact that we even have a government is almost like admitting that we don't fully trust ourselves mm-hmm. to moderate our lives. Right. It's like somehow there's that idea that there's this primitive side of us that unless we're governed by a higher power, we're just going to go fucking shit up. Yeah. And that's not true. Right. And when we have situations where people are like, yeah, well, there are violent people. Well, those people are violent as a result of the conditioning of being a part of a violent society. You know, mm-hmm. Jita Krishnamurti has this quote that says, it is no measure of wealth to be well-adjusted to a profoundly sick society. Yeah. Right. A lot of what we know about violence is learned behavior from things like video games and movies and, you know, different interactions with other people. Other humans. With other humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely something to consider. But I think the main topic that we wanted to touch on today was dreams. Yes, dreams. Yeah. So I, I thought that this was pretty interesting. I looked up the most common dreams, right? I wanted to see if you've had any of these dreams mm-hmm. and kind of how you interpret these dreams. Mm-hmm. So I have interpretations for all of them. Um, and I kind of wanted to see how they line up to if you've had them or what you think. Mm-hmm. So the first one, the most common dream is um, a dream of falling. Have oh, you ever yeah. had a dream of falling? Oh, absolutely. I still have dreams of falling. Do you have? Uh, do you believe that myth that if you hit the ground before you wake up, you'll die? Oh no, I actually never. You've heard never that heard that. Before. Oh my that god, about? that's a super common myth, right? That yeah. if you um, if you hit the ground in your dream and and actually die in your dream, that you'll die in real life. That's not true. Oh. But it's just like a, is that one of those like old, old grandma telling you not to leave your purse on the floor because it's bad luck type shit? Yeah, that type shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I what I translate falling is uh, emotionally and spiritually almost like normally that happens to me the second like you fall asleep and then you wake up really quick. Yeah. Like you catch yourself falling asleep. Mm -hmm. I think that's the feeling that I get is you're going from that transition between sleep, between being awake and sleep. Mm -hmm. And somehow you catch yourself waking up in between manifests itself as like a dream that you're falling. Yeah. You know, and that, um, that is one of the explanations. So there's multiple. So you're, you're right on the first one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm on a game show. Yeah. So, um, it can also be a symbol of, um, that something's not going well in your life. Mm. So maybe it's time to let something go Yeah. or, um, it could also mean that maybe you have a fear of falling and in terms of love, yeah. like if you have a fear of falling in love, it just oh, yeah. kind of, you know, all kind of fits together. Yeah. And then, um, I, I kind of wanted to share this weird falling dream that I had years ago, but I remember it like it happened yesterday. Um, everything was in neon color. So like the the grass, the plants, the trees, the house, like everything was neon color, but I was in black and white. Oh, yeah. And, um, Which it, most dreams are in black and white. Yeah. And this giant giraffe comes out and um, he's like, I don't know, like a cartoon giraffe, mm-hmm. you know, and he's all in neon colors, but he didn't seem quite friendly. Right. So I start running and I'm 
running and it doesn't look like it's a cliff. It looks like it, like a field, but it was a cliff. And then I started falling. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm falling like base jump falling. I mean, Mm -hmm. I could literally feel my, my body falling Mm -hmm. and, um, I did hit the ground, but I hit the ground on my feet and then then just walked off. Yeah. So that's how I know that's not true. Cause I actually did hit the ground in that dream. Yeah. But yeah, you know what I, I read somewhere that um, the reason why the, most dreams are in black and white, mm-hmm. and also they talk about like you can't really read things in your dreams. Like if you try and see words on a, on a wall or like yeah. try and open up a book, it's all squiggly. Yeah, and it's because there are certain aspects of your brain that are also sleeping. Yeah, and uh, certain aspects of your brain that you can only really use or wants to be used while you're awake. So that's the reason why when you're asleep, it's very limited. Yeah, I heard you, know? you can't see yourself in mirrors. Exactly either. that too. Yeah. That too. I don't know. I've never tried. Yeah. I've tried to read things in my dreams and I just can't do it. Like it'll just be a play site and I'm just sitting there and I'm just like trying to figure it out and I can't do it. It's like that part of your brain is shut down. Yeah. You know, what I'm gathering from what you're saying about these dreams just from the beginning is that there is the literal interpretation, the things that you experience, and then there's the emotional metaphorical perspective, right? which is what I'm really concerned with because that's what I feel like it is. Yeah. That's what I feel like it is too. But sometimes there, it could be, it could even be a double meaning, yeah. you know, especially since dreams are also, you know, uh, like messages, right. it could be messages from your guides or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So the second most common dream is being naked. Being naked? Yeah. Have you ever had a, like, I've never had a dream where I've been naked. Uh, I've had dreams where I've been naked with somebody else doing the deed. Oh, well, but yeah. not just straight up like noticeably naked. Yeah. Have you? Um, I've never had a naked dream. Like showing up to work naked or something like that oh. is a pretty common dream or showing up to school naked. So what does it mean, um, Jen? So supposedly it means you're being fake and you're not being your true self. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because that, clothes are kind of like that outward exp- expression of who you are. So if you're not wearing clothes, then you're very vulnerable and everyone's seeing like your imperfections. But there's also another way that you can spin this too, which mm-hmm. is like being naked represents vulnerability. Yeah, So absolutely. being naked can mean that you feel exposed. Mm-hmm. It could mean that like, you know, maybe in your waking life, you are uh, externalizing more of who you really are inside. Exactly. And you feel naked, mm-hmm. you know? And in a lot of these sort of Eastern spiritual practices, they look at the idea of being naked as, as being more fundamentally true to who you are mm-hmm. because your conditioning, which I guess in, in, op- in opposite to what you're saying, are the clothes. Right. And at the core, all of us being naked represents pretty much the whole. Yeah. So maybe being naked represents like this feeling of being vulnerable and absolutely being purely you yeah that's a good yeah that's a good interpretation yeah so the third most common one is being chased and you just said that in your dream you are being chased gosh dang reptilians i know i know so this one this one is pretty um i think pretty obvious that anytime you're being chased normally that means that you're running from something in your waking life yeah so i think that that's pretty like but i'm trying to think of a spiritual type for being chased um, being chased, I, I think being chased and I think running away could be looked at as two different things, right? Cause you can look at being, uh, running away as being a voluntary thing and then chased as being an involuntary right. thing. So I feel like if, if you're being chased by something, it could be, uh, a certain emotion or feeling that you're not dealing with that yeah. needs your attention Yeah, that keeps sort of pulling at you, pulling at you. Yeah. But you keep running away from it, mm-hmm. Like you keep looking away from it. And in being chased, I mean, that that's just, it could be you running away from your issues. Yeah. Could be you running away from your problems. I was thinking about your dream and maybe being chased was symbolic of you running from, and maybe not purposely, but you running from information that these aliens were trying to give you. Exactly. Mm. That could be it. Yeah. That could be it. Because, you know, the, the, when we think of receiving information in any way, we, we look at it in a way that feels most comfortable to us. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've gathered from people that I've had mystical experiences, it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah. I mean, you can get information from near-death experiences. You can get information by overcut, overcoming the clutches of fear and like an astral projection experience. And um, it doesn't always uh, come in the most comfortable way. Yeah. You know, because I, I have... Uh, astral projection is a perfect example of that because anybody that's astral traveled, they'll know that the vibratory stage, that state right before your spirit leaves your body is not comfortable. Mm-hmm. It act sucks, actually. It yeah. doesn't feel very good because you you feel like, 
one, your whole body is falling asleep. And then you, what happens is the ego comes in and is like, there's something wrong. You're dying. Mm -hmm. Literally feels like dying. And a lot of people stop at that point because it's not a comfortable feeling. But what they say is you got to keep pushing forward. Like, don't be afraid. And once mm -hmm. you get past that and your body separates and you're kind of connected through this thing called the silver cord, that's when that information comes. But then there's another thing that people deal with, which is they somehow think that once they enter into the astral realm, that there's just going to be a bunch of spirits that want to attack you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a very real thing that, yeah. you know, is a concern because there are there are spirits mm -hmm. that possibly would do that. Mm -hmm. You just have to keep to yourself and just trust that the power that you have is, you know, stronger than any other spirit. That's right. You know. That's right. Yeah, but I think that that could be true. That could be true. It was just maybe running away from some really important information. And, you know, any kind of important information comes with responsibility too, right? Mm -hmm. So, and what you're going to do with that information. Yeah. So, all right. So, the next most common dream is losing teeth. Have you ever had this dream? Yes, all the time. Yeah. Losing teeth. This and is a very common dream. I didn't realize yeah. how common it was. Yeah. And you know, as all the time, all the dreams that I've had of losing teeth, I never actually bothered to look at the meaning behind that. All right. So do you want to know? Yeah. So um, since you're, you use your mouth for communication, it usually means you've said something that you wish you didn't say. And to masticate. Uh, and to, ugh, that's such a gross <laughs> word. <laughs> It sounds so naughty. Yeah. Um, and, or it could, um, it may be something surrounding vanity. Like if you have an, any insecurities um, about your face or your teeth or your mouth or breath or anything like that. You said the first one was about saying something you didn't mean to say? That you wish you didn't say. Oh, I see. You know, whether it's you said something, you know, that was embarrassing, that you were embarrassed that you said, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, but um, my life pretty much. Yeah, but teeth is, is a symbol of losing your personal, uh, teeth falling out is a symbol of losing your personal power. So mm. if you feel like you are um, powerless in some way, you'll have a dream about losing your teeth. Oh, it's interesting. And mm -hmm. when it comes to teeth too, I often have these dreams of like clenching my teeth so hard that it breaks that them. That they crush them? Yeah, yeah. it crushes them. Like mm -hmm. I somehow can't, I, I can't, uh, you know, soften up my, my grind. It's yeah. just sort of like this, this, you know, they're locked in. Yeah. And I never knew what that was about. I think imagine that that probably points to some level of stress. Yeah. But it makes absolutely. sense. And uh, here's an old Southern wives tale. If you had um, a, a dream about losing your teeth, um, that you're going to lose money. Oh, really? I didn't read anywhere about losing teeth where it was related to money. I don't even know where the hell that came from, but yeah. that's another Southern thing, I guess. Yeah. Pulling teeth. Yeah. It's like pulling teeth with you, Jen. Pulling teeth. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Good yeah. to know. Um, okay. So another common dream is a dream of dying. So have you ever had a dream where you died? Oh yeah, absolutely. The one thing or that I someone noticed someone you know died? Not somebody that I know, but people in my dreams that have died, which I imagine is probably a past life thing. Mm -hmm. But one thing I notice about the being, you know, a dead thing is that you always get to the point of death and then you wake up. Yeah. Like you never ever get to experience it. Yeah. It's like you get into these situations where like cars coming at you and this, right before it happens, you wake up. Yeah. So that's how it's, that's been my experience. So I think this is pretty, um, I think this is kind of like an obvious one is having anxiety about um, change or fear of the unknown because we really, nobody knows what is on the other side of death, right? Like nobody really knows. I mean, people can speculate and, you know, we have read about and know people who have had near death experiences that have pretty good insight into what happens, you know, yeah. and you worked in an area where we have pretty good insight, but you know, I, I think it's a personal experience for everyone, right? Yeah, it's basically like the the death card in the tarot. Yeah, you know, I mean that 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 is uh, how you translate death in the tarot. Pretty much points to how you operate in life because mm -hmm. there are two types of people when it comes to pulling the death card in tarot. Yeah, is there's one type of person that'll just freak the fuck out. Oh my god, I'm gonna die! They're like, what does the this fuck? mean I'm gonna die? And they'll yeah. throw their cards across the room and they'll yell out their psychic and they'll yeah. try and forget that experience ever happened. Right. That's something that I think everybody goes through at the very beginning. Yeah. They're like, what does this mean? And then there are the other type of people that once they pull the death card, they see it as probably one of the most powerful cards in the tarot because yeah. as part of the major arcana, it represents change. Mm -hmm. It represents transformation. Right. So mm -hmm. if you can get past that sort of grimace of, um, you know, death in that card and you can look at the hidden meaning, 
that's probably one of the best cards that you can pull. Yeah. If you're somebody that, you know, is in the midst of great transformation or change, or it could actually help you make a really important decision about a relationship, about a job, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when it comes to relationships, if that's your question and that's what you're asking, you can pull the death card. Yeah. I mean, just heed the warning, like the, that relationship really is dead. And at yeah. this point, all you're doing is wasting your time. Yeah. So yeah. And that relationship, that exactly. And that relationship uh, can be the greatest catalyst for change and transformation. Absolutely. I remember this one time I pulled uh, the tower card, which tower mm -hmm. card, I'm just long story short, is kind of the same thing as death. Yeah. When you see the tower, it's like this tower on fire, this built, this castle on fire, and there's a bunch of people jumping out of it. <laughs> And the second you see it, you're like, well, what does Whoa. this mean? It's so dark. Yeah. I remember this one time I, I pulled the tower and I freaked out and I shuffled it back into the deck and I just sort of like looked around and then I shuffled oh, I the deck again and then I pulled, pulled it, it again and I pulled it a second time. <laughs> telling you, if you make the intention to pull, you know, some wisdom, some mm -hmm. real shit from the tarot, yeah. it'll tell you what it'll you It'll tell you. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever, have you ever talked to a, a dead person in your dream? Like maybe a loved one, a relative? A uh. I have, but I, I couldn't tell you or remember what they said. It was more of the energy and the, the sort of pleasantness of being there with them, which was yeah. my grandma, Irene. Yeah. And that's, um, uh, that's an interesting way that the dead can come and visit you and comfort you is through your dreams. Mm -hmm. And um, I, had a, I, I told this story, but I had a friend that committed suicide and she came to me the next day mm -hmm. um, in a dream. And it was the most um, lucid dream I think I've ever had was mm -hmm. having that encounter with her. Oh, really? Um, yeah, which I've talked about a little bit, but yeah. Um, so that can al also mean like unfinished business with that person, and right. maybe they have a message to to give you. Mm -hmm. And animals also will come to you in dreams as well. So if you're missing an animal, you can just ask them to come to you in your dream, and they will. Oh yeah! yeah. Imagine like you're just in your REM sleep, and you just hear a little meow, meow, yeah. meow, meow. Oh yeah! <laughs> well, animal kingdom. Okay, so what about? Have you ever had a dream about taking a test? taking a test mm -hmm. mm, no administrative sort of roles i've played in my dream which involved me having to pick up a pen and write down stuff i've never had to do that not like being late for a test or anxious about a test at all mm, no never I, had that you know i i've actually had that dream a couple times in the last couple of years as an adult really and yeah and in my adult self i was late for school oh, really? <laughs> i haven't been to fucking school in a long time you know oh, yeah. um but it it mostly means that you feel unprepared for something that is happening. Yeah. So if you feel like you're, if you're in your dream, if you're late for that test, you're feeling unprepared, or if you fail a test, mm -hmm. um, that's, it's kind of the same thing. Just you didn't prepare ahead of time for whatever is happening. I feel like that would be a dream that you would have often. Yeah. Cause you like to be prepared. I do like to be prepared. Both yeah. in your professional life and everything else. Yeah, I do. I, I don't, I don't like the unpredictable when it, yeah. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> so cheating this is a really common dream too cheating what kind of cheating yeah any kind of well um like relationship relationship cheating, cheating. Oh, okay. like either you're cheating on someone or someone is cheating on you because a lot of people believe that like oh this is a premonition you know like oh my god if i had a dream about my spouse cheating they must be cheating i mean and it's possible sometimes that is the case yeah but most of the time it isn't but sometimes yeah. it is sometimes it is just your uh, a deep down um your I guess your voice, right? Your internal voice saying like, hey, you're ignoring these things. Right. Those premonitions are real things. Yeah. I remember reading um, somewhere that uh, there's a few people that gathered information from the dreams that came as premonitions in real life. One mm -hmm. of them was that the 9-11 victims actually dreamt of the towers falling prior to them happening. Yeah. And then there was Lincoln dreamed about being assassinated before he was assassinated. Yeah, absolutely. And then ni 19 people dreamt of the Titanic sinking before it before sunk. It sank. Yeah. And then Mark Twain dreamt about his brother passing. And then another sort of form of these premonitions is uh, Larry Page, who was, I think, the original guy from Google, came up with the idea of Google through a dream. Interesting. Right? And then Tesla came up with the alternating current generator from a dream that from he had. Dream. Yeah. And then Dimitri Mondelev came up with the periodic table in his dreams, or it came from a dream. 
you know, uh, we talked about this a long time ago and like one of our first episodes about, um, and I forget the exact words that they use, but it's inventors and on opposite ends of the country that didn't know each other in the 18, 1900s that were inventing and writing patents for the same thing. There was no way that they could have communicated with each other. There was no internet, you know, and where that information comes from, right? The Akashic Records. Boom. I think that's what it is, Yeah. where these premonitions come. There's like this data sphere of information and mm-hmm. ideas. I mean, you can look at source just at the very core of it being creative energy. Yeah. And if you can think it into this existence and this 3D realm, it's been created somewhere in the universe before. For sure. It, whether or not it be in dreams, whether it be in past lives. I mean, a lot of people think of Earth as, as uh, only being existing as long as we've been in it and as long as we as far back as we can go but there could have been multiple if not hundreds and thousands of races exactly like ours that have gone through this process of de-evolution evolution destruction de-evolution this cycle because Mm -hmm. that's what earth does earth goes on this cycle of getting to the singularity point they call it a singularity point where we become almost as intelligent as god is and at that point where technology advances so much, we inevitably, because we're humans and sometimes we suck, end up blowing ourselves up, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where we have nuclear bombs. And that's where you have an Atlantis, Lemuria situation. Yeah. So what happens after that singularity takes place, civilization goes back to the Stone Age, like you hear in those sayings. Yeah. And it starts over it again. starts over again. So in the whole pattern and cycle of how Earth works, these ideas are not new. Mm-hmm. You know, they exist somewhere. So it's all about like tapping into, you know, the Akashic records that store all of this information and being able to put it into action. Yeah. And those Akashic records, I think, hold the key to a lot of really great inventions and like insight that we can give. It's just Absolutely. about like trying to access it, right? Yeah. I think, I think um, Sophia was talking about that. Yeah. You can look into your future. You can look into your present and your past. past. Like it's all there. That's all there. It's already there. happened. <laughs> so those premonitions are a real Just thing. And, I, and based off of what you're saying, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody dreamt about cheating and it actually ended up happening. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it, you know, you dream of your spouse cheating. They really are. Or um, maybe you're having dreams of cheating on your spouse. Yeah. And maybe that means that your heart isn't in the relationship anymore. Or maybe you have an attraction towards someone else. And um, sometimes it just means it, it's just straight sex, right? You're just yeah. not sexu- sexually satisfied by your partner. Yeah. Um, so you're looking for it outside and sometimes it's guilt, right? Where mm-hmm. like you don't want to cheat on your partner. So you just have dreams about it because that's yeah. a safe place to not hurt your partner. Have you ever gone into those situations, Jen, in relationships where like it's either you or your other partner wakes up pissed at you? Yes. Because you cheated on them or they cheated on you in your dream? Yes. And, and, and somehow like you're still at fault for that happening. I've had an ex do that before where like they woke up and like I was legit in the doghouse for like an entire day because this happened. Yeah, no, I I had an ex that um, was upset with me because I wouldn't apologize. Really? I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) You want me to apologize for a dream that you had? I was like, no, (laughs) this is crazy. The thought comes in like, what are you dreaming about? Right. Cheating. (laughs) Are you dreaming about cheating because this is something you've thought about? You want? Yeah. Or you usually give yourself away, <coughs> you know? But I've had that situation before where it's like you you somehow feel like as though you did something wrong even though you didn't. Even though you didn't? And you're like, oh. Uh. Yeah. And then, you know, in, in astral projection, there's, these, there's so many different things that you can do in that realm. But if you go deep into, I want to say the Theosophy, the Theosophy Society's teachings of astral projection, they always talk about Robert Monroe. He wrote Journeys Out of the Body, talks about this too, which is astral sex, mm-hmm. where Interesting. You, you have people that go into astral projection and they have sex with uh, these sort of discarnate spirits. You even call them like Jezebels, right? Like Ooh, these- uh, like hookers? Yeah. Yeah. There are these- Spirit hookers? Apparently, <laughs> according to some of these teachings, there is, uh, I forget the name. They're like nymphs. They're like these, uh, these uh, spirits, these both men and women, male and female, okay. that exist- in the astral realm that like to have sex or intercourse, energetic intercourse with human beings. And there are also astro people that astral project that go into these realms and they, they talk in this long list of, you know, things people love about astral travel. Uh, you read it in long enough, there'll be people that are like, yeah, and you can actually have sex with people in the astral realm. 
That is crazy. Yeah, you can even have sex with, uh, you know, like human beings in other areas of the world in the astral plane. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never experienced that, but if you read uh, Journeys Out of the Body by Robert Monroe, he explicitly talks about it. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to read that. I've never read that. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. succubus. That's succubus. what they are. Oh, a succubus. Yeah, succubuses. <laughs> yes, excellent, excellent. My, yeah. um, they're they're the, the clap-having Jezebels. Yeah, <laughs> clap-having. In, in other words, the, you know, the hussies of the yeah, spirit, the, the, the astral mm-hmm. realms. Yeah. Got to watch out. Well, <laughs> I wonder if there's STDs in the spirit realm. All right, like spiritual yeah. STDs? Yeah. Oh, my Ooh. gosh. Like, what would you do if you, like, you had, you know, sex with a, a you know, lady in the astral realm and you woke up and you just... Had her herpes. Yeah. Spiritual, like, oh, shit. spiritual herpes. <laughs> Gosh. There's right. nothing, sage, nothing a little sage and a little Palo Santos can't help, right? There you go. Just there clear, you go. clear that right up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's another common dream, flying. Yeah. So um, this is like one of, flying is one of those dreams where it could be terrifying or liberating. So um, I actually used to have dreams of flying all the time when I was skydiving a lot. And I'd have dreams about skydiving, which is, I don't know, if we have any skydivers listening to the show, um, you once you start doing it, you dream about it all the time. Yeah, just FYI, so side note, Jen has over 2,000 hours of flight time in sky. I mean, as far as skydiving, right? Um, yes, and combined uh, yeah. with all different modalities. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Jen has, has jumped out of an airplane 2,000 uh, Too times. many times, yeah. So it makes sense that you would have at least one dream about doing just that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So flying and uh, what is it? Oh, this is this is what I thought um, was kind of interesting about flying is that it's linked to sexual freedom and freeing yourself of those like societal norms and, and constraints. So yeah. people who are really um, religious will have um, and feel kind of oppressed by their religion mm-hmm. um, will have dreams about. Um, flying out of flying. that bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. I had a really cool flying dream, um, maybe like five or six years ago. And I built this kind of Da Vinci-like uh, wings, you know, they were like made out of paper. Da Vinci-like wings? Yeah, yeah. You know, have you ever seen like his, the old like Da Vinci sketches? sketches? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, Like that. And they were like made out of like brown paper sacks, like from the grocery store. It was fucking weird. Like Wright's Brothers shit. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and I'm flying around and it was so beautiful, like just looking at everything and I could see the wings flapping. It was awesome. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. I'm not doing a great job explaining it, but in my <laughs> mind I see it and I'm like, wow, this is so I know cool. what you mean. It's like one of those steampunk type of planes. Totally. Yeah. 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 It's like kind of falling apart, but somehow it works. Somehow it works. Yeah. Yeah. And you got like steam and cruising like, around. a little bit of like a, there's like pedals like on your feet somehow like makes the rudders turn. Kind yeah. Of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Something you'd see in a Smashing Pumpkins music video. Yeah. So, yeah. And, right? And, yeah, that's exactly like that? that's that. I, like that. I like that. Yeah, it took yeah. me a second. I was like, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, this one I think is is pretty interesting because I've had one or two dreams about pregnancy. Oh, okay. And um, pregnancy is um, normally, normally related to creativity, right? So, mm. giving birth to something new. Yeah. Right? It doesn't necessarily mean that you are pregnant or someone you know is pregnant, but sometimes it does. Yeah. When you wake up one, one day and like you, t- ask, you tell Jeremy and just be like, hey, I'm pregnant. Oh. And he'll be like, what? And you'll be like, with creativity. With creativity. <laughs> and, and innovation. I mean, it, it can totally be a fear of being an inadequate mother, which yeah. is the fear that I have. I feel like I wouldn't be a good mom because I don't really like kids. Um, <laughs> I don't really like enjoy their company yeah. is the problem. Yeah. So well, kids um, can be assholes sometimes. You know? Yeah, they fucking can. But so, I think there's a, there's a difference like because I've I known people that like they don't like kids and they swore they never have not But there's some sort of like biological mom bear thing that comes out the second you yeah. see your kin and you're like, OK, OK, I, I get love it. my child. Yeah. You guys are assholes. Yeah. But what happens if that doesn't happen? Because I do know people like my mother and that didn't happen to her. So, you know, yeah. and then you're like, well, fuck, what do I do now? I can't put it back. Yeah, imagine you can, you can, you could like teach her how to do all the cool, amazing shit that you do. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's for me. But uh, it also represents like a new job or a new relationship. Any kind of big life change um, will usually be tied to a pregnancy dream. Yeah. So this is a common dream that I have all the time. So like you have your teeth falling out dream all the time. I have the paralyzed and unable to speak dream. Has that, have you ever had one of those dreams? Well, um, paralyzed and able to sleep. I mean, that is almost like a sleep paralysis type of situation. Well, as far as how I go through it, it's like you go through this period of not being able to move. Yeah, exactly. And there is a sort of clinical diagnosis for that, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, sleep paralysis. And there, there's an esoteric sort of perspective, which is that, you know, maybe a succubus or some sort of spiritual being is sitting on your chest Mm -hmm. and not allowing you to move. I think that is the most common sort of like uh, driven by mythologies type of scenario. But then there's the, this what happens when your body or when when your brain wakes up before your body does. Yes. And so there's that lag where you wake up and you're like, why can't I move? And you're like freaking out. Mm -hmm. It's just because your brain hasn't caught up with your body. Yeah. Kind of like when we were talking about deja vu. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was the explanation that um, in, when you're in REM sleep is whenever this typically happens mm-hmm. um, because you pretty much are paralyzed at that point because your brain hasn't woken up yet. We've got to think about the reason why this happens. Uh-huh. And it's actually a protection for you because if your brain and your body didn't shut down while you dreamed, you'd yeah. end up like two streets down the block. Yeah. Trying, like a crazy to, person. trying to reenact whatever it is that you're yeah. going through in your dream. 100% you know? sleepwalking. So, exactly. That's what sleepwalking so is. So if you have a ring cam and you're looking at the neighborhood feed of what's going on and you see mm-hmm. some guy just randomly walking in front of the camera for no reason, that's what happens when your brain isn't protecting you from your dreams. Yeah. So it's it's meant to... Or Ambien. Ambien will do that too. Yeah, Ambien, <laughs> Ambien will do the same thing, but it disarms you mm-hmm. to protect you. Yeah. So the other meaning of of being paralyzed or unable to speak in a dream is um, feeling helpless or like some aspect of, of your life is holding you back or holding you down. Yeah. Um, so I thought that that was kind of interesting because I have this dream so much. Um, and I do oftentimes feel like that, like, oh, I should be doing so much more. Yeah. Um, but the, the dream, I probably had this dream when I was, I want to say I was like five or six years old. Oh, wow. And it was... Um, Christmas time and I was playing a video game at the arcade. Uh, Do they even still fucking have arcades? I don't know. No, Um, Aladdin's Castle. I mean, will you remember what video game it was? I don't. Tell me it was Street Fighter 2. It wasn't Street Fighter 2. It was something where there was a big man sitting in a chair um, and I don't even think it's a real Donkey game. Kong? I don't, I honestly don't think it's a real game. It was in my dream. Oh, in your dream. And um, this, and uh, the big man that was sitting in the chair was kind of like demonic looking. Oh, okay. And um, he reached out and scratched my tongue. And what? he said, now you're marked. And oh. he like climbed back into the game. Yeah. And I woke up from that dream and um, my tongue was sore. And I was terrified to go to sleep after that for like a week. You woke um, up from the dream with your tongue sore? Yeah. So it's like that situation sore. I had with the needle yeah, in the eye. Yeah, with the needle in your eye. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he said, now you're marked? Now you're marked. Mm. And I was like, hmm. And I was only like five or six. Like I was a little kid yeah. and I was explaining it to my mom. And my mom was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. She's like, so, you've been marked. Now you, need to, now you need to walk out that door and never come back. Yeah. But I was paralyzed with fear and I was unable to speak whenever he did that. I wasn't able to talk. Oh, it's like he disarmed you. Right. Yeah, so mm. I wasn't able to scream, even though I wanted to scream, and I couldn't because I was scared. Yeah, um, and I couldn't run either. Mm. I was like frozen. Yeah, you that's, know? that's one of the things that you commonly hear. People like, and I, I've gone through this too, where like you're in the midst of some sort of crazy situation, and you're trying to yell or scream, and you can't do it. Yeah, I had a, a situation um, a while back while I was um, dating a, this girl, and I was sleeping, and she was next to me, and I realized that I was in my dream and it was in a situation I couldn't remember exactly what it was but I wanted to leave it like I mm-hmm. wanted to get out of the dream and wake up and I remember trying to scream and trying to yell and trying to move my body and I very you know I, I tried to do as much as I could and she actually was able to pick up on it in the waking state yeah 
And I, I kept trying to get her to wake me up. And then she finally woke me up and I told her what happened. And she was like, yeah, like I was actually speaking to her from the astral realm, trying to get her to wake me up from the dream. Wow. And she said that I, she gathered that, but it was very sort of abstract. Yeah. Like she just, on her end, it just seemed like a, mm, yeah. wake me up, wake me up. Wake me up, like, hey. Yeah. And then yeah. she woke me up. So it was like this weird, like communicating between the 3D and like the 4D. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Pretty intense, yeah. Crazy intense. Yeah. I actually had a, a, a rape dream too. Um, and I actually think this may have been a past life memory. Um, yeah. because it was, it was a little bit different, um, in the way that it came through and I was on this couch and I was being held down and raped by this guy. And, um, I wasn't able to move or scream. Like I couldn't, I was like trapped in my body and I was like, Oh shit, you yeah. know, but it seemed so real that I could feel like the weight on my chest mm -hmm. whenever I woke up, like all, all of those things. So it came through kind of like a past life memory where, you know. I was just re-remembering something that happened to me in yeah, a different body. It's possible. Or it's possible that we live, you know, an infinite number of lives while we're in this one as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like there are hundreds of different yous out there living different living types different, of experience. Do you know that yeah. we, we spend an average of six years in dreams? Yeah. That's a lot. It's a long time. It's a long time. I mean, it's not that much in comparison to how long we live, but, you know, six years of your life dreaming. Yeah. Interesting. You know? So, okay, so um, this one is also one that I have, I have had multiple dreams about, and it's of like spiders, snakes, and any other type of creature. Yeah. Do you have any of those dreams? I've had dreams like that, yeah, in the past, like I mean, dreams with animals and uh, dreams with like life-size cats. Yeah. You know, um, I have, but those have been a little bit more random. Um, what about snakes? Snakes, no. Yeah. I, at least ones that I can't remember. There aren't, there, those aren't the ones that I would typically remember. It's just because I see them as just sort of like a fixture of that realm. Yeah. I didn't necessarily derive um, meaning from them in the times that I did dream about them. So there's a positive kind of interpretation and a negative one too. We'll, we'll start with the positive and, and, and with the negative. Um, yeah. But on the positive side, snakes are assigned a kundalini, right? So this yeah. is like healing, transformation, knowledge, self-renewal, um, that, that type of thing. So right. like a snake, you would be shedding your skin into um, like in a renewal phase. Right. And having your new, your new body. You're dropping the old stuff. Yeah, dropping the old shit. Yeah. Wow. Um, so that's, that's on the positive end, but on the negative end, um, people dream about snakes and because they're unpredictable and so many people have such a great fear of them, mm -hmm. um, that you, you really need to pay attention to what's happening to that snake in your dream. Yeah. Like the way that they're positioned, if they're all tangled up yeah. or if they're kind of like free flowing, um, mm -hmm. because that will better help you interpret what exactly that snake's trying to trying to tell you yeah. or if you see a snake with two heads mm -hmm. so that could mean that you're being pulled in opposite directions yeah right yeah so pay attention to you know if the snake is in like dark murky water mm -hmm. then that you know that has a different connotation than if a snake was swimming in clear like beautiful blue water mm -hmm. um and uh, also what color the snakes are Mm -hmm. So, um, and what that color means to you. So say if the snake was red, does red mean passion and love to you or does mm -hmm. red mean stop? Yeah. You know, so, um, snake dreams are really interesting because there's so many different ways that you can interpret, um, based on, you know, what the snake's doing, the color of the snake, what the activity is and what its body shape is. Yeah. And like serpent, like serpent energy is also a very powerful force. Like you talked mm -hmm. about Kundalini. Mm -hmm. Um, also thing to consider is that in Christianity, you know, the serpent, being, you know, they call it Satan, but mm -hmm. my spiritual perspective is that the serpent represents the ego. Yeah. Right. So if you have a dream about a serpent and uh, that comes into your field, that could also be, I think, point to probably the inner workings of the ego, mm -hmm. you know, something that you want to collaborate with and something that you maybe either to give too much importance to or not enough. Mm -hmm. uh, but snakes are very powerful. Snakes are very powerful. Yeah. That kundalini energy, just like you said, that rests at the base of your spine. I mean, that's some of the the most powerful force that you could feel mm -hmm. uh, once you unlock that. And that kundalini energy goes up and through all of your chakras and illuminates everything on the way to your crown. Uh, it unlocks a lot of potential. It also unlocks a lot of like shadow work to go through as well. So they have definitely like important role in spirituality. Yeah. 
Um, an alternate meaning of this too is a snake could be someone in your life that you shouldn't trust. Yeah. That your subconscious is trying to tell you like, hey, watch out for this person. They're a snake. Right. You know? yeah, that's a true. snake in the grass. You yeah. Know? All right. So the final one is the end of the world. This is a common dream I have all the time. Too. I, I would say this is like my, probably the most common dream that I have. Mm-hmm. And I would agree with you. It's actually the most common dream that I have as well. Yeah. And this is in the top 12 of most common dreams that everyone has. Really? Um, but this is, this would be my number one probably. Yeah. yeah. And there are so many different ways that you can translate that. But the one thing that I remember about the dreams that I've had about that is they're so vivid that I recall them even to this day, mm-hmm. what they were like. Yeah. Like I always remember visions in, in my dreams of, of uh, walking down a desolate highway mm-hmm. where there's nothing on the highway. And it's sort of like that Will Smith in the, the movie, I Am Legend scenario, oh where you're oh. walking down the highway and the, 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 the grass and the trees have sort of overgrown the city. Yeah. And it's basically something that would happen when, you know, landscapers don't exist anymore, yeah. where everything starts to slowly kind of go back to that sort of natural course of how things move. Exactly. And I remember walking, I always, I always remember walking down this highway alone. And there's always this feeling that like humans, human civilization was a thing of the past. And maybe I'd come across a, a wall that had uh, emojis on it and thought to myself like, hey, these are, these are hieroglyphics. <laughs> you know, like in, in Egypt, when you look at, yeah. when you go into like Alexandria and you look on these walls and you see these hieroglyphics, you're like, okay, there's something, there's some meaning here, some sacred meaning here. And I thought to myself, like, maybe those are just their form of emojis. Yeah. Maybe to that, tw- you know, 50,000 years into the future, when you have these anthropologists or archaeologists going and, you know, coming across like an old McDonald's and they see this thing as like a temple or yeah. they see like a, a phone with all these different you know, hieroglyphics on them. Those are just emojis, oh eggplant emojis. Eggplant with the water coming out. With the, <laughs> with the, oh with the water come out. So you have like end, end of the world dreams all the time. Mm-hmm. This feeling of something about to end and surviving it. That's why I always remember is always surviving. Surviving it. Um, and, and actually the um, interpretation of this is that you're undergoing a massive shift um, under the surface. Like, so you're going a, going through a massive shift in your spirituality. Yeah. So that's whenever you'll ha- start having a lot of these um, end of the world type dreams. Mm. So, um, and the reason for that is these are changes that you may not see yet, but they will slowly become your new reality. And uh, just kind of like the end of the world, the same thing, like it's it's a, a representation of the new reality. And it makes sense. A lot of mm-hmm. people, I mean, are familiar with the book of Revelation and the Bible. Yeah, and actually, there, I was going to get to that. There, I'm glad that you brought yeah, that up. Yeah, and there are a lot of people that take the more of the literal stance. Mm-hmm. Well, at least a lot of evangelical fundamental Christians take that literal stance that somehow in the future, there's going to be a specific date where Jesus is going to come on the clouds and the four horsemen are going to show up and there's going to be like multiple headed dragons in the sky. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to pick and choose who it is that is suitable to go into heaven. Like, I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't believe that. What I think the book of Revelation is really about, it is about the birth and the death of the ego and the spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. And the multitude of different sort of challenges that happen inside, like the spiritual sort of reckoning this uh, spiritual reckoning of all the things that aren't true about right. you and all the things that are illuminated that are true about you once you've eradicated all of the un- untruths out of your system. You know, that's what I feel like the book of Revelation is, is every single human being, and it's an archetypal thing. It might, you might as well even look at it as some sort of like a major arcana, pulling the death card type of situation. Every single human goes through a period of being asleep and then waking up. Yeah. And I think that's what the book of Revelation is. It is dying to the world that you know and being mm-hmm. reborn something entirely different, like this all-knowing spirit. So this is pretty interesting. So um, from a historical sense, the word apocalypse is actually Greek and it means revealing divine mysteries, mm-hmm. which is why the book of Revelations is called Revelations. There you go. Is from that word apocalypse. Yeah. How about that shit? Yeah, how about that shit? Yeah. Apocalypse, Armageddon. Yeah, so an alternate meaning um, could mean that you feel out of control or Mm -hmm. you have a fear of the future, which is another one. And um, just like, much like the apocalypse, this is our mind fearing Mm -hmm. that change of the unknown. Yeah. 
so yeah, so that's it. That's the top 12 most common dreams. Those are really, really good. And I think I know, one I thing, so like really important thing to point out is, you know, Carl Jung, we're all familiar with Carl oh, Jung. Yeah. He has the archetypes and he was one of like the pioneers when it came to dream research. Mm-hmm. And he believed in the collective unconscious and that pretty much exists in our culture. He kind of just sees it as like a cultural operating system, mm-hmm. right? We're all connected through our collective unconscious, which is basically, you almost can look at it almost like the Akashic records. So with dreams, it's really important to understand that like that spirit world is only has the ability to use what is that, whatever is in within your experience in order to come up with these dreams. So the mm-hmm. important thing about dreams is not to completely take them literally, mm-hmm. but to look at the, the real sort of like deeper meaning behind all of them right so if you have a dream that's particularly scary that freaks you out which inevitably happens try and pay attention to what the deeper meaning of that is there's you can always find a spiritual underpinning behind these things absolutely you know so if you have a a dream about death just like we talked about it could be transformation and dreams are mainly are metaphorical and symbolic yeah and if you pay attention and you go deeper into your dreams you could come back with uh, some really cool inventions, some insight, things to share with the world. Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why Atlantis and Lemuria, um, they they were really great examples of how integrated they were with the dream realm because it was kind of commonplace for them to actually venture into the astral realm. Mm-hmm. Their pineal glands were, you know, uh, working so efficiently that they were, at least from what the stories have said and were able to just drop into the astral realm almost at will mm-hmm. and a lot of these places is where aliens like pleiadians and arcturians and all these sort of multi-dimensional aliens exist so if we could develop our pineal glands through meditation or any sort of modality then we could transition into these realms just like walking through a doorway That'd you be know awesome. yeah it's crazy to think that like it's at some point in our history we were not only you know, confined to the life that we live here. But if we wanted to hang out in the astral realm, we can do that. We could do that, yeah. That'd Just be awesome. by going through the pineal gland, you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. It's been definitely very, very fun, Jen. And we'll continue to have dreams and we'll continue trying to yeah. make sense of them. I mean, hopefully that alien dream that I had, um, of course, it's not an uncommon story. It's something that we hear a lot about, but just the fact that I'm able to tap into that realm. I'll ask for the, bl- the blueprint next time. Yeah, ask for the blueprint. You know? Yeah, I want to hear about it. Yeah, we'll see what's I wanna in the I want to know blueprint. what's in it. Yeah, it's like the little Eric's Living Library. There's something there. And we'll keep venturing in, see All what right. happens. And then check back with me on your dreams too, because you've been having some pretty crazy dreams. I know, yeah. Yeah, so everybody that's listening, thank you so much for tuning Thanks. in. Go ahead and share your dreams with us if you can. If you want to leave a comment on YouTube, definitely do that. Actually, I was thinking about this the other day, Jan. We get a lot of people that listen to the podcast, but I'm always just curious to know who these people are. Yeah. So if you want to just drop us a line, the best way to do is to just uh, email us at divinenobodyspodcast.gmail or actually go to our Instagram. Um, And if you can, if you'd like to support, uh, we'd like to try and create this movement all around the world. If we can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, that'd be awesome. It would definitely help us out. And it would also help us out just to see where you guys are at in the world, who you are. Mm -hmm. And so we can continue spreading it around. Yeah. And show topics too. We're open to that as well. Yeah. Show topics too. We're always interested in pretty much everything. Yeah. We'll make something happen with all of it. But anyways, we'll see you guys next time. Have a good day. Namaste, friends. Namaste.